1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When God, through Moses, brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, the Bible says that he brought them out so that he might bring them in, that is, into the promised land. The problem is that most of them never went into the promised land, the land of Canaan. They perished in the wilderness because of their unbelief. Now, this scenario is referred to at least twice in the New Testament as a picture of a potential spiritual reality for us as Christians. God has saved us and brought us out of the kingdom of darkness, out from sin and eternal judgment, but that was only part of His salvation plan. Like Israel, He brought us out in order that He might bring us into our inheritance in Christ. So don't be satisfied with only a partial salvation make sure you enter into your inheritance in Christ. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: And welcome to Set Free with Ken Legg. And we've been looking this week at our sufficiency in Christ. Many Christians, it seems, are ignorant of what it means to be sufficient in Christ. They've tried to manufacture something that God has already given to us and is in our hands. And this is what Ken has been sharing with us. And Ken, you seem to be saying in
1: your opening remarks there that uh, it's possible to have only half a salvation. Is that what you're saying? First, in answer to that question, I think it's important to define salvation. You know, what is salvation? For so long, we've limited it to the forgiveness of sins and the assurance of heaven when we die. Now, those things are a given for every child of God. But this is not the fullness of what God intended for us in this thing that we call salvation. And that's very clear throughout the New Testament. Uh, when we are constantly taught about the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. See, our inheritance as the sons of God is that uh, we are complete in Christ and we have access to everything that we need for this journey every moment of every day. Now, as I've said before, every New Testament truth is illustrated somewhere in the Old Testament. And we see that when God brought Israel out of Egypt... This is actually a picture of our forgiveness of sins, our freedom from God's judgment, and our deliverance from Satan's power and domain. Yet all that was only half, one half, if you like, of their redemption. God's purpose was not just to bring them out, but also to take them into the land that he promised to them. So he never intended them to you know, spend the rest of their lives in a dry, barren wilderness. But that's what happened. You know the story. They the uh, spies went in to spy out the land, and uh, they came back with a horrifying report. There are giants in the land, and uh, the Israelites were terrified. They were no match for giants. You know, so they appeared like grasshoppers in their sight. Well, they were probably saying,
0: "In our own strength, you know, ah, what am I going to do? I I have no strength to do to do this." And
1: I guess what you're suggesting here is that we do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, they reckoned on their own resources, didn't they? They looked at the giants, and of course, as you say, in their own strength, they were no match for the giants. But that was their mistake. They reasoned that since the giants were so much greater Hmm. than they were, they would never be able to conquer the land. But God never said that Canaan would become their possession if they earned it through their warfare. It was their inheritance because he gave it to them. There was no doubt they had battles to fight, but the victory really was already won, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, God swore to give them the land. And so as far as God was concerned, you know, that was never an issue. It was a fate accompli. He had gone before them. And uh, when they arrived there, the fear of God was already amongst the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites. And so there was no spirit within them to resist Israel anyway. God would fight for them and uh, they would have the land. But, of course, they made the tragic mistake of reckoning on this whole thing in their own ability. Listen to what they said. We are not able to to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. No mention of God there whatsoever. They were reckoning totally upon their own resources, their own ability or lack of ability and and so on. It's pretty easy to sit back and cast judgment on these
0: guys, but you know how often do we do that? We look around at our situation, you know, and say exactly the same thing.
1: Yeah. And that's why I believe this this is uh before us a couple of times at least in the New Testament. Mm. This incident in the in the wilderness and Basically, the Bible says don't make the same mistake. They did not enter him because of unbelief. Paul says, in fact, all these things happened to them as examples to us, and they were written for our admonition or for our learning. Now, many Christians know they're saved, but they continue to live out of their own puny resources instead of enjoying the abundance of their inheritance in Christ. So in a similar sense or in a spiritual sense, a lot of Christians today are living a wilderness experience. Their lives are dry, harsh, barren, because they've never gone in to appropriate the inheritance that God has given to them freely. It's a bit like that story you relayed yesterday of
0: the the family who were on a cruise, stayed in their room eating peanut butter sandwiches because they didn't know that the smorgasbord every night <laughs> in the restaurant was actually part of their ticket. Yeah, and and we can be like that as Christians as well. We we see that over there and go, wouldn't that be nice? But, yeah.
1: We can actually go over there and get some. That's right. And and if people choose to live like that, they're still going to heaven. They put their trust in Jesus. They're saved from sin and the judgment of God because Christ has taken that judgment for them. So they're going to heaven, but they're living hell on earth during their passage here below. And 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 God wants for us to really enjoy the fullness of our inheritance in Christ. I just hope you're not saying there's something wrong with peanut butter because you know it's kind of a favorite. I was gonna make that a
0: rule, Phil, but if you, if you like it we'll we'll Okay. <laughs> We're not into rules here. We're talking about God's grace. But um does the New Testament speak anywhere about the distinction between those who walk in faith and, and those who walk in unbelief? You know, we just heard there that they didn't enter the land because of their unbelief. It wasn't because of their lack of strength or they weren't good looking enough or whatever, it was because they didn't believe. Uh, if they left they were left to their own resources, that's what they thought it was all relying on.
1: Yeah. And I and I believe that um Paul does speak about that kind of distinction between those that live below their privileges that have been given to them in Christ and uh, and those who enjoy their privileges. Um, if you look at his epistle, for example, to the Corinthians, mm. he describes actually three kinds of people in uh, chapters 2 and 3 of 1 Corinthians. First of all, he speaks about the natural person. They've just got natural means only of living is how we all came into this world. But Spiritually, they're dead because they're disconnected from the life of God. So the natural person is what we would call unsaved. You know, doesn't understand the things of God, uh, Paul says, and certainly doesn't experience them, you know. But then the next person Paul speaks about is the spiritual person. Now, this is someone who is alive spiritually uh, because he's been born again through faith in Christ and he's positioned in Christ and lives by the resources of God's grace learns to live this, uh, if you like, this supernatural life of God's provision. But then, interestingly, Paul speaks about a third person, which he calls the carnal person or the carnal Christian, if you like. Now, the carnal person is someone who is born again, but is living like the natural person uh, or like the unsaved. The carnal person is a Christian, and therefore he does have access to the same spiritual resources that all other Christians have access to in Christ, um, but they choose to live according to the flesh. Mm. In other words, They live according to the limited ability of their own resources instead of learning to embrace and uh, uh, appropriate, if you like, the
0: life of Christ, not the place where you want to be. And I'm thinking of someone who might be part of the armed forces or some sort of uh, recovery operation. They go in to do a particular work, but instead of going in under the authority that they have as a member of that force, they decide... Well, I'm just a member of the public. I'll go to do what I what I can, and others won't necessarily take notice of what they have to say because they'll say, "Well, who are you to direct the traffic or to do this or do that?" Yeah. But if they understand their authority and operate within it, then they'll achieve a
1: whole lot more. And that's what we need yeah. to be doing as Christians. Absolutely. And 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 Phil look, I, I think it's important just to clarify that we're not saying there are elite Christians and there are second class Christians. Mm. Uh, God has given an inheritance to all His children, and uh, that inheritance is ours. By faith, when we when we read the promises of God, when we see what God has given to us in Jesus, we believe it and we appropriate it. I mean, going back into our little analogy of the children of Israel in the wilderness, why didn't they enter in? The Bible says because of unbelief. So how do we enter into our inheritance in Christ? By faith, by believing uh, in what God has given to us. Now, I believe that our inheritance um, and our appropriation of it, if you like, is an indispensable building block In the Christian life If we take away this Then whatever we try to build Will keep collapsing Because Mm. we do need to know And to understand And to believe That we are sufficient For all things God has not left us bereft Of resources Um, He says my grace Will be sufficient for you And we say in response to that I can do all things Through Christ Who strengthens me
0: Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.